Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's your daily dose of Donna. It is April 6th. We are on Thursday. We're already on the second half of the week. This is a happy day for me. It's sunny. As you can see from if you're watching on YouTube or on TikTok or wherever, I have uh, a little, I'm showing arms. I'm wearing a skirt. Like we are getting into spring. Spring has sprung. I am feeling so excited about it. Welcome. Oh, thanks, Heather. Heather is watching on TikTok Live. I've got a bunch of people watching on TikTok. I am going to be posting this, of course, to YouTube. Welcome, all my new subscribers. You guys, yesterday something very exciting happened. We're going to get all into Vanderpump. So just FYI, if you're wanting to chat about what went down yesterday, which was bananas, you're going to want to stick around. But Yesterday, something so super exciting happened for me. So just like a little bit of a background, I am not uh, a broadcast journalist. I am not a um, entertainment reporter. I am just an average person, right? I'm a former casting director. So yes, I come from the entertainment industry. My husband works on reality TV. So I'm a fan of the world and I live in Los Angeles. That's the closest I could say I am to like being someone that is an authority on this stuff. But what I realize, what I do is I help entrepreneurs and brands kind of grow their businesses by creating content. And this year I said, F it. I I call it the F it syndrome where I may be delusional. And I said, I'm going to start something that I'm passionate about. I'm going to start my own pop culture podcast, a daily podcast, Daily Dose of Donna. And that is where this thing was born. So I am three months. Today is my three month anniversary doing the podcast. I started January 6th. Yes, I know. That was a horrible date to start, but it's the, it was the insurrection of, of Donna's daily dose. So I started the podcast on January 6th and now we're on April 6th and I am thousands and thousands of downloads, over 120 YouTube views. Um, my YouTube following is growing. My TikTok following is growing. Like everything's going really, really well. And yesterday I did an episode. If you haven't listened yet, I did an episode about Jeff Lewis, my obsession, and Dumois. And Dumois is a big, you know, multi million follower type of uh, account who is all about anonymous celeb gossip, right? And I listened to her podcast. I love her. And I did, the episode was on how Jeff Lewis used to have a feud with Dumois and now they are friends again. They made up. I posted it in my stories and this is why we always have to shoot our shot, y'all, if you're listening to this, because I posted it in my stories and I just tagged Dumois, who by the way, how often do you think Dumois is tagged on a daily basis? Like a million times. So I tagged her, put it on my stories and she reshared it and it was a tag of my YouTube channel. So immediately I said, oh my gosh, Dumois, let me know when I can be on your show. And she was like, will do. If I can be on Dumois' show, how cool is that? So this was all happening yesterday. Yesterday was Wednesday night. It was the first night of Passover. And so I'm like feeling all excited. Thanks, Heather. I'm feeling so excited, feeling so into it. Like this is all working out. Then I go to my sister's house. We're having Passover dinner. We're, if, you, if you know anything about Passover, you read the Haggadah. It's like a lot of singing, a lot of speaking. It's a Seder. It's a long thing. 
and I'm looking at my phone, which is like bing, 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 because so many people are notifying me about Dumois. And I'm like, as if I didn't know, like, of course I saw it. And, um, and by the way, you know, I'm never too cool to be like, that was the most exciting thing. Cause I'm in this growth thing, like with you guys, I'm building in public. Like This is super exciting for me too. But then I go and I see all of this Vanderpump news because yesterday, Wednesday is VPR day, right? Like it's no longer Wednesday, it's VPR day. And so I knew that I was going to get home from the Passover dinner and have to watch Vanderpump Rules. But at this point, it had already aired on the East Coast and Watch What Happens Live had already aired on the East Coast. So we are seriously talking. I mean, Vanderpump last night, I came home. I looked at my kids. I said, you have to go to bed immediately because I need to do my homework. They were like, homework? I said, I have to do my research. I have to be upstairs and I have to watch Vanderpump and the Watch What Happens live show and the after show and all of the things because, you know, I have to come here and talk to you guys all about it. So here's the story. If you are a Vanderpump watcher, you're going to love today's episode. If you are not, maybe you'll still love today's episode because, you know, who knows? But you kind of can't escape all the VPR news. And I was getting a little over it, I have to tell you. And I swear this is so crazy because the second, and I feel like maybe this is not just me, but the second we get into like a little bit of a lull with the Scandaval and the Vanderpump and the whole thing, like something happens that brings us all back in, right? It's like it can't, it can't escape the news for too long. We're always like right back in it. So what happened was I went to, um, I watched the show and sure enough, the show was good and I'm going to give you, I'm not going to do like a, a scene by scene recap. I'm just going to give you a couple things that I noticed that I took away from it. But then of course, we're going to talk about the Watch What Happens live episode with Tom Schwartz. Tom Schwartz. Oh, Tom Schwartz who needs, and I love it during the after show. I'll just say Andy Cohen was like, Tom. I'm going to give you some tips after this. Like Tom seriously needs his PR team, whoever it is, to like sit him down and say, this is what you can and cannot say. Because he's just so, I think Tom Schwartz just plays this like innocent character. He plays this character of like, I don't know, I'm like a little puppy dog. And it doesn't really work the older you get, right? Like maybe it worked when he was like 20, 25, but now he's a 40-year-old man and he's running multiple businesses and he has a large, you know, following and like he needs to kind of grow up. Don't you guys feel that? Okay, so the episode of Vanderpump was Sheena's wedding. We're still not at the wedding. We're still though at the pre-wedding festivities and I kind of laughed because we've all had this, right? Haven't you all been a bridesmaid or a friend of a, a bride who has 46,000 activities before their wedding? Like, it's not enough that you have to fly to Cabo or, or wherever they are. It's not enough that you have to get there. You have to now like go to 14, um, <laughs> he is the gift that keeps on giving. Um, you have to go to 14 events, right? Like there's the pre-dinner of the dinner and then Lala did it really well. She said there's, this is the dinner of the rehearsal dinner of the pre-dinner to rehearse the pre-rehearsal dinner. Like it was one of those things. Now it's a vacation, it's a destination wedding. So of course you're going to have events like that makes sense, right? But Sheena is so funny. She's I actually like Sheena. I've I've really like come to like her through the through the series. I didn't like her obviously the first few seasons. I don't think a lot of people did, but I really like her and I think she and her husband Brock and their daughter are very cute. Um I think they're sweet, they're cute, they're having fun and it's a, it's a cute little relationship. But 
in this episode, you know, Sheena's bride, right? So she's all about the wedding and she's having these, um, this like dinner and it kind of starts, the episode starts, hey Molly, the episode starts a week at the way, the way the episode ended last week, right? So they're at this night before rehearsal dinner, I guess, event, dinner. And here's one thing I did notice. So James Kennedy's drunk and he's pissing off his girlfriend who leaves. She storms off for a bit. Allie leaves. Ariana and James are kind of into it. And then at one point, I don't know if anyone else noticed this, but at one point, Raquel, Rachel gets up and walks. And guess who else gets up and walks? Sandoval. Did anyone else notice that? Go back to that dinner Rachel leaves and so does Sandoval. So that was, I thought was kind of interesting because I'm sure they went outside to smoke a cigarette or whatever, knowing Sandoval, but thought it was interesting. No one else notices it, right? Because we're just friends. We're just, everyone's just friends, right? So the entire episode kind of centers around, oh my gosh, Molly, Wednesday's VPR day. How could you do anything but like you need to, you need to stop your day activities and immediately turn this on, but just stick around because I'm going to give you some good stuff. Um, okay. So, so they go. So at this point, the episode centers a little bit around two kind of main themes, Tom Schwartz and Katie and Katie versus the rest of the bridal party and like the bride, the wedding. Now here's an interesting thing. Katie, I said it yesterday in the episode, production forces her to go to that hotel. And they can't say this on air because it's breaking that fourth wall of reality TV. But what I told you yesterday is like my husband works in this world. You can't just go to any hotel and stay wherever with a reality camera crew. It is months of permits. It's paying the hotel. It's getting the approval. It's getting the licenses, et cetera. It's in a new country. She had to go to Mexico. She had to go to that hotel. Now, she could have canceled her Mexico trip. And to be honest, I know that this is a TV show. I would have, if I were her, canceled the Mexico trip and just said, I don't want to go. Because it does paint Katie Maloney as a villain in this scenario. Because here she is, she's not wanted there by the bride. The bride does not want her there. And she's not going to the wedding. And yet she's still going to this hotel. And it feels a little bit like, why are we poking the bear? Right? You know that she, you're not wanted there. I understand that you're an adult and you can do whatever you want. But there is also, you don't have to go. You're not forced to go. Production would have, wouldn't have forced Katie. Although I'm sure they enjoyed her being there. Because it provided a crazy am- amount of story. So night one, Tom Schwartz, little, you know, teddy bear Schwartz who can't hurt a fly, annoyingly, decides that he's going to go and they are going to have dinner. He and Katie Maloney are going to go and have a private dinner at the most like random ass restaurant. This is a French restaurant in Mexico. No one is there. It is a big restaurant with a million tables and no one is there except Tom and Katie, which is already awkward. And then what's really awkward is the is the server who clearly is, you know, Mexican speaking Spanish. And he's like, uh, what do you say? Like, um, je m'appelle Guillermo. Like he was trying to like throw in some French words. It was so awkward. Anyway, they order some food. And I think at the beginning, they're kind of in a good space. They're smiling. They're trying to be good. Here's the problem. Katie wants something from Tom that Tom is never able to give her. And that is undying, um, unconditional support and love. Tom Schwartz can't do that. Now, I'm going to tell you in a second about what he said on Watch What Happens Live, which explains this. 
Um, Colleen says, not a fan of Katie, especially this episode. She was playing the role of Mean Girl. Okay. This is an unpopular opinion in, in the pro Katie anti Tom stance, but I have to say this. We know the Tom Schwartz background. We know that their marriage was always a little effed. But if you just look at this show and if you just look at all these little episodes, Katie is, is triggering or annoying or trying to get an answer out of these, uh, this man. He's not able to give her ever. He will never be able to give it to her. And then she gets upset. And there's a part of me that thinks, what is the definition of insanity? It's trying to do something over and over and over and over with exactly the same response. Tom Schwartz will never give Katie what she wants. I don't know why after she divorces him, after they are already broken up, she still has the same expectations of him as as a husband. It's got to be over. They cannot be friends. I don't think they should be friends. I think they should stay far apart from each other and they should seriously just be on a TV show together, like hanging out in group events. The fact that they went on this romantic dinner, and here's the problem with Tom. He is like Rob Lowe's son, John Lowe. He had said, John Owen Lowe on Watch What Happens Live said, I think the main problem, and he he nailed it. John, John Owen Lowe should be a therapist. He said, Tom Schwartz is conflict avoidant. That is all it is. It's not that he doesn't love Katie because she thinks he just doesn't like her. He doesn't love her. He does. I think he loves her. I think he likes her. I think all of those things. I think he cannot handle conflict. He runs from it. He doesn't know how to be in conflict. And Katie gets off on conflict. She wants, do you guys agree with this? Like she wants to fight. She is not, Katie is not, let's try to all get along type of personality. I would say someone like an Ariana is like that. I would say something, someone like a Sheena is like that. I don't think that Katie or Lala, or any of them are trying to all get along. There is, she's, she's out for blood, and it's a bad look, and I get it. And I also get that Tom Schwartz is a jerk to her because he's not giving her what she wants. But at the same time, I can't go into, you know, a Starbucks and expect them to give me a shot of tequila. It's not served there, right? You can't get what you want out of Tom Schwartz. So stop trying, We divorced him for a reason. And that part I feel like is annoying because it just makes Katie always upset. And so Katie goes home. She's crying. She's in the room with Christina Kelly. And then it's like, you know, now she's all depressed, but she also treats Schwartz like shit. I'm just going to be honest. Runs out of the room with him because she's upset. I don't know if she wants him to come after her you know, which plays games. I think there is a part of her that leaves because she wants him to like, you know, beg for her forgiveness. And this was their negative, probably dynamic for years. She's back in the room. And then at this point, this is the most awkward moment of life is when Raquel Rachel knocks on the door. Can I come in? She walks in and she goes, I just want to let you know. Um, Yes, let me, okay. So I just want to let you know that I feel like, um, you know, you're not allowed to go to the private pool. You're not allowed to go to this. Now, this is kind of funny because Sheena said that she told Raquel Rachel, one of my bridesmaids has to go and tell Katie as a joke. And <laughs> it reminds me of Amelia Bedelia. Do you guys remember the Amelia Bedelia books where, where um, you know, she was like a nanny or like a housekeeper that was took everything so literally and it's a children's book. And so, hey, Greg. And so Amelia Bedelia was told by the owner of the house, like, 
go, you know, hit the road, Amelia. And the next scene, she's like, got a stick and she's hitting the road. I mean, Raquel Rachel is Amelia Bedelia. It's so funny to me. So she, ta- she, she goes and puts herself in the most uncomfortable scene of life, telling Katie Maloney that she's not allowed at a certain pool or at a premiere area or whatever. Then they're at the the boat the next day and um, everything seems pretty okay to me, <laughs> isn't it? Okay. So to me, it looks like at this point in the show, Rachel Raquel is really getting along with all the girls. Like in my eyes, I guarantee you people see her as fun and, oh, am I the only one that was like, Rachel Raquel actually has a personality when she did the two Muppet thing. So she was talking about how, and this was real bad, guys. Katie and her BFF, Christina Kelly, they go to the pool where everyone is and no one's there, right? They're laying by the pool and um, and it's just uncomfortable. It feels thirsty. And then for dinner that night, they go to one restaurant that is literally two feet from Sheena's wedding party. They have a, a, a view into it. Like, guys, is this a production thing? It did not make sense. But as they're sitting there and talking crap with Lala, who, by the way, Lala, stick with Sheena. It's her wedding weekend, girl. I know that you, like, are annoyed with all the activities, but come on. You're not there for Katie. I didn't like that. Um, and I would have probably been a little bit upset if I were Sheena, if my best friend and, um, you know, bridesmaid was with my enemy at my wedding party. Just saying. But anyway, so they're sitting there, the two girls, and they're kind of like bitching. The three girls, they're bitching about each other. And meanwhile, Raquel Rachel in her confessional for the first time ever was really funny. And she's got these like sleeves with like a big furry arms. And she's doing these things and she's like, I'm a Muppet. I'm unhappy. And I don't like this. And And I don't even remember specifically what she said. But for the first time, I'm like, okay. Like I see a little personality. Yes, Colleen agrees. I would totally be upset like Sheena was with Lala. I understand it may not be your favorite thing to do is be at that white party, but that is your girl and you are there for her. And it's your, it's her wedding and Katie is pissing her off. So why are you spending dinner with Katie talking shit about the event? It didn't work for me. It felt a little bit like playing both sides as a girlfriend. Like if you're a girl's girl, like you say you are Lala, then be there for Sheena. Katie, Katie was in the wrong in this, in this scenario. Don't be at dinner where they can see you. It's awkward. And it just makes everyone look at Katie in a negative way, which makes her say, why are they so mean to me? They're all so mean to me. You never have my back, Schwartz. They're so mean to me. But Katie also doesn't put herself in these situations in a positive light. She doesn't. And I wonder if she looks back now and says, like, I kind of get why people feel this way about me. I look angry. I look bitter. And I'm at a place ruining someone's wedding weekend. Like, it feels a little bit strange to me. Just saying. I'm not saying Tom Schwartz is better than Katie. I'm just saying. Okay, cut to la- the end of the show. Tom Schwartz and Raquel have a little bit of an awkward kiss over a table. That's how the episode ends. It goes to be continued and goes right into the star of the show, which was Watch What Happens Live with Tom Schwartz. I don't think anyone knew he was going to be on the show until last night. This was a full surprise. Here are a couple in just the last couple minutes. Here are a couple things that come out from this interview that Tom Schwartz is so ill-prepared for and totally awkward. Okay, a couple things. The most important thing that we find out is that he found out that that Sandoval and Raquel had had uh, what he thought was a one-night stand in August. Okay? Then he said, 
He was not aware. It was a gray area for months. He assumed they had a very close relationship. He assumed they had what he thought was an emotional affair, which he agrees is still wrong. But he did not know that there was an actual, what he kept calling linear relationship between the two of them until January when Schwartzy, I mean, when Sandoval told Schwartz, I'm in love with Raquel. Okay. Now he still kept it quiet because he says under his thoughts, he, Tom Sandoval had told Schwartz that he was trying to break up with Ariana multiple times, which could be true and maybe isn't. And I am not, I'm not a hundred percent sure which is true. I know that at some point in the season, we're going to find out that they didn't have a lot of sex. Their relationship was a little off. I don't think it takes like a like a private investigator to realize that sh- that Sandoval and Ariana didn't have a very love. I think they were best friends. I don't think they had like a romantic relationship. So who knows if he did try to break up with Ariana and we just don't know. Another thing is Schwartz kept calling her Ariana. Did you notice that? I found it so weird. Um, okay. Colleen said he had the weights on to stop touching his face. Yes. He had the weights on. And he said, you know, another thing is Andy asked, do you think they're still, you know, do you think he and Raquel Rachel will work out? And Schwartz said, I think, and this was so kind of crazy. He said, I think that Tom gets overly obsessive and he obsesses and like focuses on something. Like he focused on the sidecar idea. He focuses on the band. He gets these like obsessions. And he said, I think that he is obsessed with Raquel and he is hyper-focused. He got lost in the sauce. He's still lost in the sauce. And Raquel is his heroine, which essentially means he's addicted to her. Now, I know people like this, right? And part of the, the addiction is probably the fact that it was not public, right? It was like a hidden thing. And the second it becomes public, and who knows now what's going to happen? Even Schwartz said, like, I don't know. This relationship started toxic. And now the whole world is against both of you, right? You're evil in the whole world's eyes. How can this relationship last? He also said something that I thought was kind of interesting. He talked about the fact that he, you know, on the first show he talks about Katie and he says he loves Katie and he thinks she's great and, you know, whatever, and he's hoping that things will be good. That, again, is conflict avoidant. In the after show, he did say Katie has been a monster. She was always in the mon- a monster in the beginning and she has broken every single – she has – cut ties with almost every single person in her life at some point. She has issues getting along with people, and I didn't want to be dragged into that. I'm not thinking that he is, like, a good guy for saying that. I just don't think he's wrong. I think that, like, if you watch the show, you know, 10 years is a long time to watch people. And usually – okay, so Deal Design Home says it is addiction behavior as an addict. Yes. And so I want to say really quickly about Katie – you know how on reality shows, like on Real Housewives and all that, it goes up and down? Like you'll love someone one season, the next season you'll hate them. Like Kyle Richards is a good example. She'll have seasons where she looks great and then seasons where people can't stand her. And this goes for every single reality show on every single network, on every single long-running show. Katie, in my eyes, has never had what is considered a good season. Meaning, I don't believe Katie Maloney ever walks away from any season of Vanderpump Rules as a light. 
I think she's always coming off as negative, angry, mad, sad, upset, bitchy. Like, and so it, I, as Dorinda Medley says, if they walk, if it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, hello, right? She doesn't, she says something else, but you know what I mean? So I get like both sides. And I also get that Tom Schwartz is the worst person for her. So he needs, they need to not be friends. It's a very toxic relationship. Finally, I will say um, Tom Schwartz is in a real bad situation here because this is his best friend. Sandoval is his best friend and Sandoval is his business partner. And he said his businesses were struggling and Tom Sandoval's life is really in a bad place. He goes, Sandoval is in a bad, bad place right now. He's down. Like people were trying to throw beers at him. People are yelling cheater. He is not good. And he said that he and Raquel got eviscerated at the reunion, like murdered. TFB, I love that, Vicky. Murdered at the reunion. And Ariana, like really. And he said Tom got it worse than Rachel Raquel. And so it's an interesting, you know, this whole thing is so crazy. I cannot believe he went on the show and shared as much as he did. Now we have a real timeline. They had sex for the first time in August, at least for the first time that Tom Schwartz knows about it, right? We don't know anything. We know that they were together since then. It turned more into a love affair. And by January of this year, he had straight up said, I'm in love with her. I want to be with her. I'm breaking up with Ariana, et cetera. I'm trying to, or I have, or whatever. And Schwartz was in the middle. And he knows that he got put in a really bad situation. But at the same time, if anyone here has ever had a best friend that's having an affair, what do you do? What do you do? Do you tell your best friend's partner? Or do you stick up for your best friend? It's real tough. It's a tough position to be in. And no one wants to be in those positions. And so, you know... It's, it's a crappy, crappy situation. I want to know your guys' thoughts on the show, on the after show. It's so good. It's like, I can't get enough. Next week, obviously, we're getting closer to the wedding. I assume next week will be the wedding, right? Um, look at this. This is another long episode, 25-minute long episode of Daily Dose because Vanderpump I could talk about for years. Thank you guys on TikTok for sticking around for the whole episode. And on YouTube, thank you for subscribing, sharing, reviewing, rating, all of the good fun stuff. And I will see you guys uh, later. Bye. Okay. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.